S-A-M-I-R-Y-E. Sammy Rye here with another one of those podcasts with Sammy Rye. We're into 2024, first podcast of the year. And I'll be honest, this is going to be kind of a low-key podcast. I feel like that's the vibe. It's January 2nd when I'm recording this. You guys will be hearing this on the following Thursday or in maybe two more days or whatever. And it's, it's not a lot going on. Not a lot of new things going on. Some interesting things. The Rock showed up on WWE. That's a cool thing to kind of step back into all the wrestling. I'm going to air my grievances like Festivus for the rest of us on Call of Duty. Because I just got um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. And it was a horrible experience for... I didn't even get to play the game. So much other stuff happened. So much bloatware that comes with Call of Duty nowadays. I don't know if anyone else is talking about this or this is old news and everyone's accepted it. But I'm going to vent on that. Um, and then, yeah, we're just going to talk about some a good movie I saw this week. A classic from the 80s. I never saw them my whole life. 40 years later, saw it for the first time in 2024. And it was a great movie. And I, I'm recommending that to you guys. We'll talk about a little bit about the music industry. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. We're going to hop right into it. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. And I hope your year is starting off right. Let's go. It's 2024, and it looks like we're going to have no Marvel movies coming out this year except for Deadpool 3. And that's that's a really interesting project because I guess this is technically the first time Disney's making Deadpool. And it feels so weird still feeling like Deadpool is the first or the only Marvel movie coming out when it feels like that's going to be a Fox movie. So I'm really looking forward to that, wondering what it's going to be like. And I'm understanding, this is maybe some possible spoilers I'm understanding if you guys haven't seen the Marvels and you don't want any spoilers from that movie, you don't want any spoilers from the post credit. I was informed today by my son that um, in the post credit scene, here we go, we're going to get into it. Um, Hank McCoy from the X Men, Beast, as, as a lot of people know him, is in the post credit scene, and one of the characters from the Marvels basically ends up in his universe. Now, is that the same universe that Deadpool comes from? Uh, which universe is that? Is that the universe that we've seen in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness? I'm not sure if it's clear. Um, but again, I remember Kevin Feige, you know, saying that the X-Men were not coming along anytime soon, you know, because of the Kang storyline that they had in place. Some of the early rumors right now suggest that they're still going with Kang. They might recast Kang. Um, so I'm interested to see, you know, what does Deadpool really do? I think Marvel is desperately in a situation where they need to have something big happen. I'm looking forward to some of their shows this year. I believe Echo comes out this year, Agatha. They have their shows coming out this year, but there's really no movies, you know, coming down the the pipe. And I guess that has to do with, you know, not only the maybe, you know, still delays from COVID, but also the actor strike. And there's been a lot of different things, I guess, really, you know, kind of messed up films for us. Um, But Deadpool 3, that should be the saving grace of the year. On top of that, you know, another interesting thing I saw in the superhero realm was Aquaman, you know, Aquaman 2 actually made more money than the Marvels at the box office, which is kind of crazy because it looked like DC was, you know, on a slump where every single thing was going to do horrible. Um, And Aquaman made more money than Shazam, The Flash, and Blue Beetle combined, which is a shame. I watched Blue Beetle again the other day, and that's a good film. It's a fun film. There's nothing wrong with that film. I thought there was nothing wrong with The Flash. I enjoyed The Flash. And I like Shazam. Shazam wasn't, like, the best film ever. I think the the villains weren't necessarily anything to, you know, write home about. Um, You know, all well acted and everything. I just think those characters are not the best characters And one thing I think, you know, that I see a lot in all these films 
is it feels like they're making film films and they're saving the good characters. They're saving the good bad guys. They're saving the important storylines. And they're still charging you full price to get a ticket. I think that has to stop. I can't say that every single, you know, phase one, two, three, whatever, you know, phase Marvel film all had epic villains. But like when you think of Justice League, one of the most disappointing things they had about Justice League was that like Steppenwolf was the villain. I've never heard his name echoed my entire life. And it's like, where, where is the, the Justice League is here. Where's the big situation you have to deal with? Um, I know in Avengers, that movie, that film was mainly about, you know, getting the Avengers all on screen together. But Loki brought an alien invasion. It kind of gave you a situation where you saw the Avengers all get tested. Um, I feel like in that film, it didn't feel like nothing mattered because it was the first time all of them were coming together. Justice League, I feel like they kind of just got together kind of quickly. I don't even know if they said they are the Justice League or anything like that. They don't really have, I don't remember them having a real story as to why that was even becoming a thing, except for the fact that I think they had to fight Doomsday in that one. It, it becomes so convoluted because even Doomsday, instead of being this really important, you know, creature made just to kill Superman and this whole epic thing, and then he comes and he fights Superman and he kills him, it didn't feel like it really mattered. It felt like, again, this is just him trying to hold you over until eventually, I believe, Darkseid for them was the villain that was supposed to come down the pike. Um, yeah, I think they have to stop doing that. They, and this is something that they've done at DC, and they've done this at Marvel, and I feel like this is a situation that they're dealing with right now, where with, with the Marvels, that most latest movie, I heard it's a funny film, and people will kind of enjoy it if they watch it, but no one mentions the villain. I have not heard the name of that villain. Um, it's not something that's sticking out, not something that's trending, there's no memes for it. It does not feel like it matters. Um, Quantumanium had Kang in it, and that should have mattered, but again, I think the whole film taking place in the Quantumanium was a bit of a cheat because it feels like once the film is over, Kang doesn't matter. We just kind of erased him. So I think that's one of the biggest things that they're dealing with. I, I don't know for Aquaman if it had a better villain. I think that with Aquaman, Jason Moa has a lot of star power. And the first time out, they made a billion dollars. It's a shame that this time out, they only made about $260 million. They just kind of barely made their budget back, looks like. But, you know, Jason Momoa, you know, people like him. People want to show up to watch the film. I think there's still a lot of people showing up compared to the fact that the rest of the DC movies this film, people did not show up to watch this year, basically. So I'm looking forward to seeing Deadpool 3. I hope you guys let me know any other interesting things you guys got going on. It might be time to dig into Amazon and get back into The Boys and to the other superhero alternative shows because it doesn't look like a lot's coming out. But that does mean it leaves Deadpool a really big chance to make a giant splash, a giant impact. And I don't think it's done a billion yet, but I think this this might be the year. Deadpool might make a billion dollars this time out. Uh, you know, Ryan Reynolds, Hugh Jackman, a whole lot of cameos, supposedly. It should be a good time. Movie of the Week. For 2024, I have an interesting pick for Movie of the Week because I'm going back into the 80s, 1980 to be precise, and I'm recommending to the modern movie audience, if you're watching movies in 2024, I know you don't want to see an older movie. I don't know. You don't, you don't want to see something boring, outdated, or has been done to death. It's hard for me to, to really think that I could go back 40 years in confidence and say, yeah, this is a movie you guys should watch in 2024. But I'm picking a movie called Atlantic City, starring Susan Sarandon. I've never seen this movie. There's no nostalgic value here. I'm seeing this for the first time in 2024. It looks like an independent film. The quality is pretty decent. I mean, definitely considering the error. 
Um, but I was really impressed by the film. Just, it's interesting to look at the film at this point, and I realize they don't make films like this anymore. These things don't exist. It's a movie, and I don't necessarily know exactly what the topic was about. I feel like movies have become, you know, so uh, formulaic, I guess is the word you would use, where you kind of know this is a movie about somebody robbing a bank. Or this is a guy meets girl, they fall in love, they break up, they get back together. You kind of know what's going to happen. When I'm watching Lion City, it's a story. It's a story about a character. It's something the character's going through. But from scene to scene, I don't necessarily know what the point of the story is and where it's going to go and where it ended up at. I did not see it coming. And the message and the takeaway from it, I'm not really sure. Um, but it was very enjoyable. Very enjoyable to watch. I was completely engaged. I was on my phone the whole time. Very good acting. And again, the story was just unique. No one's talked about these things in this kind of way. And the characters that you meet along the way are interesting and a little different and not exactly what you expect. And I like that the film takes place in Atlantic City. Um, I feel like Atlantic City is portrayed very well in this film because it's not Las Vegas. It is showing like a brighter era than Atlantic City than we have, I think, in today's age. But even still, it shows like even at its best, it wasn't Vegas. But it brings a certain kind of person to that town trying to kind of make it. Not like make it real big, but thinking like they can kind of make it. It's a really human story that kind of, I think, talks about some of the delusions people have about things. And almost, I think, casts a bit of a, a whole feeling on Jersey. On how Jersey isn't, you know, Hollywood. It's not these things you can kind of do something here, but maybe not really. Um, and a little bit of the desperateness that comes along with that. You know, Faded Glory. There's a great character in the film that basically stars opposite of Susan Sarandon or maybe is also like a co-lead main character. Um, and he's a very unique character. Not not the typical thing I thought you would see. He's basically like a mobster kind of character, a tough guy maybe. Not really sure. Um, but, you know, definitely past his prime. And, you know, where does he fit into this equation? And watching the story unfold was kind of like if someone told you Hey, let me tell you this weird thing that happened to my friend the other day. And they just told you this whole story about, you know, four or five days in their friend's life and all these things that happened and how all these different events kind of went all these different ways. And then it was over. And I was very satisfied by the film. I'm surprised. I felt like it was a movie that was just about something, but it wasn't about a very specific thing that um, I think that you would just copy. If you said, let's remake Atlantic City, I have no idea what part of the film you want to remake. I don't know why you say that. What part of this film, you know, draws, draws you, like, if you want, like, the acting, you can't do that. You need those actors to act. And I, I, every once in a while I see a film that reminds me, when actors complain about green screen or wearing costumes and makeup and how they're not excited about doing certain films, this one of those films made me understand. Like, I go... Oh, I get it. 40 years ago, when you guys were watching films, I believe this film got Susan Sarandon at least a nomination for a major award, maybe even won her award. I don't have all the facts in front of me right now. Um, just go on top of my head because this is a film I just thought of that, yeah, I want to nominate this for movie of the week. But if you grow up watching these films, you thought, yeah, this is what I want to do. Me in a room, just me playing a character and acting and making you find this character interesting and bringing my own little things to it. And now... It's just, hey, you stand in this room, pretend you're talking to this big green plant, but actually it's a CGI screen here, and then our art team will make everything else happen. You go home, here's you know a bunch of money. I can see how that's just not as fun to wake up and drive down to the set and 
you know, show up to do that. It makes sense that they have more fun, you know, or thought they'd have more fun acting off other people, acting through situations, trying to be dramatic, trying to show what they can do as actors, as opposed to kind of showing up, playing a, you know, a, a well-known character from an established IP. Uh, it's a shame. It's a shame because I feel like there still should be room for both. I obviously like the big budget films, but I just don't understand why there isn't more smaller films being made. I know that you know films are basically products and they're they're made by companies to make money. So maybe there's just not a lot of interest for these big budget actors to be in smaller films. Maybe that would hurt them if they were doing films that maybe don't make a lot of money or I guess there's a lot of business that goes into it that makes it difficult to just do that sort of thing. But it's a shame because you know definitely films like Atlantic City, I think we deserve more of those. Um, we definitely should see a lot more of these things. Maybe they should be getting done more by you know, theater group level actors or, you know, um, you know, actors from a, more the indie circuit. I feel like indie movies have kind of pretty much all but disappeared. I mean, I guess with Netflix, the streaming services buying up most things, it's hard to know like what the big indie smash hit is if they're always getting bought by some service and then they don't have that same kind of like, you know, big momentum of, oh, wow, this independent film is touring the world and everyone's talking about it. And now you finally get to see it when you went out and bought the DVD it's not that. The film is probably already purchased by some service. You might not even have the service. Everyone's not watching it because everyone doesn't have every service. And then it doesn't get the same kind of, you know, you know, uh, acclaim to it. I almost feel like a lot of times when these movies come out and supposedly they're good, I saw some reviews for some films on Netflix and they're like, oh, these are like the greatest films this year. I've seen both films and I turned them off. I didn't make it through either one of them. And I, that was before I saw the reviews. I naturally just... Couldn't make it through either film. And it was surprising for me to, some, to see an article written about these films being the best films of the year and how they're just on Netflix. I sometimes don't even know if these articles are real. I feel like this is AI writing this stuff where this person's getting paid off by the company or something like that. Um, we don't even have, you know, really famous critiques, you know, or critics and stuff like that. Who's the best movie critic out there? Besides Sammy Ryan, his movie of the week that he picks every day or every week, you know, um, who are the people that we're supposed to trust in this situation? I don't know. I feel like everyone's going one direction or the other for some money, and it's hard to tell. But Atlantic City, that's my pick for Movie of the Week. You can catch it on streaming service. I've searched on your Roku or your Fire TV. I believe it's free somewhere with some commercials. But check out Atlantic City. So I got to sound off about something that I thought was horrible, and I experienced it for the first time this week in 2024. I have Modern Warfare 2. Modern Warfare 2 is not the most recent Modern Warfare game for Call of Duty series. Um, that one is actually part three. But I purchased this around the holiday season to play with my friends. And I was really just blown away by how horrible the user interface has become, by how cluttered and basically just like sleazy salesmen, predatory tactics that Activision has shoved into Call of Duty. It is beyond anything I've ever seen. Not just in gaming, but across any form of entertainment, any form of technology, there's I've I've been in every single Google Play Store, Apple Store, the Epic Online Store, um, you know, friggin' GOG, GOG, Steam, the PlayStation Store, Microsoft Store. I go into all of these products, right? These are stores. You know, when you're going into them, you're getting stores. I've even been inside streaming apps, right? If you get a streaming app, you go inside. They might show you the show that you want you to watch. They might have a live channel or something like that. But you know that you're getting a free app. And you're going inside a, a, a portal that's going to show you all the different things you can stream. But when I bought Call of Duty Part 2, the most recent one, 
I did not realize I was buying a, a portal. I was paying money to get basically pitched to by Activision on how I can purchase all their other products related to Call of Duty. So first thing that confused me was trying to find Call of Duty 2 in a PlayStation store. I kept coming across a result that said Call of Duty, which was very weird to me to put money down and make sure I wasn't buying the new one. I was buying the one that I wanted. But this led to 140 gig install. And I thought, okay, well, I got me some brand spanking, giant, HD, beautiful looking PS5 version of Call of Duty 2. This is going to be amazing, right? I log in. It's not Call of Duty 2. The menu and everything is talking about Call of Duty 3 and the season pass. So I'm thinking, is this a mistake? Did I somehow get the brand new game at a discount price? No. No, I was appalled. I was appalled to find out that I had downloaded, or the game makes you download, this Call of Duty-like launcher. Like when you download Disney Plus or something like that. And inside this, this launcher, the very first thing you see, the first menu is all the options you could have for playing Call of, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. You would think that's what I bought. But it also tells you in all those options, I can't play it because I don't own it. So why is this installed on my PlayStation? I go down. I find that you press down, a whole new menu comes up. I find another section for Modern Warfare 3. I don't know why there's two sections. Down again, I come across Call of Duty Warzone. This is their free-to-play game. I thought this was something that you would go download. I would, I would search for Warzone, download it. No. It's already installed inside this you know, Call of Duty portal bundle thing they got going on. I press down again and find a whole new menu for finally Call of Duty 2. And I cannot believe they would do that to someone who purchased that game or if you ever had purchased that game, and I guess over the years they shove these new games on top of your game. How annoying is that to log into your game and your whole menu is changed simply so they can sell you the new game that they're trying to make you buy, right? And again, this stuff is not for free. This is not something where they're just showing you different options. They're all funds and games. No, they're trying to make you make a, another you know, $70 purchase with the season pass on top of that. So I finally get, get to my game and realize my game is not installed for some reason. I bought it. I bought Call of Duty 2, and my game is not installed. I have to go and wait another 45 minutes or so for my game to finally finish installing. I can't get into the single player. It tells me that I can't connect. It's offline. I'm going to single player. I don't know why that's an internet issue. And I do finally get myself into a multiplayer match, just basically jumping, jamming buttons, trying to find something to work. And when I get into the game, the, ga the game's lob like loading up. And a big you know draw, supposedly, for Call of Duty was this idea that it's a more realistic game. I'm expecting that now I'm going to have, you know, smaller maps, more intimate experience, more realistic, gritty army game. But at this point, everyone has you know, cartoon skins. Now I play Fortnite and I have a problem with cartoon skins in a cartoon game that's very colorful and has all these weird powers and funny gimmicks and a whole story and humor that goes along with this. Joining a realistic military simulator, I thought which was seen like Call of Duty tries to be, and seeing characters like like knockoff versions of characters, like they couldn't afford to get Groot from Marvel, so they have some other kind of tree-looking like character. I hope that wasn't really Groot. I don't know if they've ever paid for Marvel to get you know their skins in there, but this thing looks like Groot's in my match. Spawn is there; he's all glowy. Someone's there with some kind of cybernetic uh, samurai armor that they gave us all for free. Apparently, even I own that somehow. My character is just a regular soldier. I'm on his team with these insane-looking people. But we're in a very realistic setting, and it's so odd to play the game 
most of the bad guys that I came across in this match were, you know, regular-looking guys. But every once in a while, some bright blue-green flying thing comes swinging by the screen. It's somebody with their amazing blinged-out skin that they can't even see. You can't even see it. It's just for us to see you and shoot you, I guess, when you're wearing the skin. Um, it was very annoying. I feel like it just destroyed the immersion of the game. Like, I've played a lot of Modern Warfare 1, the original. A lot of more Warfare 2, the original. I actually played those recently, too. Um, and those games still have that gritty feel. It makes you feel like you're really in a military situation and you're trying to somehow win these, these situations. I don't understand the appeal of modern Call of Duty. The graphics look pretty good, but since I'm looking at a barrel of a gun, it looks like every other barrel of a gun I ever looked down. The city looks like it's a dirty city. This is the same situation that's always in Call of Duty. I mean, I can think of it being that way since back on like Xbox 360, even when it was just before it got to the Modern Warfare series. You're playing like the World War II series. It's just you're, you're looking down a barrel of a gun and you're in a dirty, broken, war-torn city. It's the same single thing every single time. That, that, I haven't played those other games for like 15 years, right? And now we're here and we have all this, this file downloaded. This, after installing Call of Duty 2, I got up to 180 gigs. I saw some people claiming that somehow they got to 250 gigs. I didn't even know what they were playing. I didn't know if they bought the new one. I have no idea why they're at 250 gigs. But basically, it's just Activision trying to make sure that other games cannot be installed on there. They're basically, this is called bloatware. In the cell phone world, they call that bloatware. When a phone comes, it pre-installs other apps. I'm literally buying a game and you're pre-installing other games into my game. So I have to basically be forced to buy it. They have a file managing system where supposedly you can uninstall the older games. But I've seen no, no, um, no decrease in my file size, really. Because by the time I uninstalled Warzone, which they claimed was 10 gigs, which made no sense. That's a giant, that's a very small file if that's really what it is. I still saw Warzone menu. I still had to click past it every single time. And then the Call of Duty, you know, part two that I actually wanted to play... I had to install even more files. I ended up installing 30 more gigs of files. So I actually, you know, end up net gaining 20 more gigs. Modern Warfare 3, instead if I uninstalled it, it'd be 40 less gigs. But at the end of the whole thing, I did not see a lot of it, you know, uninstalled. And again, I don't know what was 40 gigs about Modern Warfare 3. Well, I'm left with a remainder 150 gigs from Modern Warfare 2. It doesn't make any sense to me. Was the newer game not fully installed? Was the file size going to get even bigger if I purchased it? Um, is Modern Warfare 2 a 150 gig size game? I feel like a lot of it is still them, you know, having files on there so I can quickly get into Warzone or quickly purchase their new game. None of that is done for the consumer. None of that is done for us, the gamer, trying to play and enjoy something. It is literally no no better than buying a cell phone with a bunch of pre-installed apps. Um, they're basically trying to pitch to you and get you to buy a bunch of other stuff. It's a horrible user experience. And even like with the Amazon Fire tablet, which does that, it comes with the pre-installed apps and has bloatware. You can actually buy that cheaper because of the bloatware. You can say, I don't want the bloatware and spend like another $20. You say, give me the cheaper version. I don't mind you like leaving advertisements on the lock screen. So at least you have the option there and you have a super affordable tablet. You know you're getting a value for that trade-off that you have there. If you don't want that, you could buy a more expensive tablet. But... In this situation, there's only one way to play Call of Duty. And I really think it's just so ridiculous. I cannot believe in 2024 that there's a game out there that not only exists, but is one of the top-selling games, which I believe at this point has a very niche fan base. I cannot understand what younger person would be coming into Call of Duty with the other options they have available 
and would want to put up with all that stuff. Unless you buy every single game, it doesn't matter to you. You maybe want all your Call of Duty games simultaneously installed and dominant in your hard drive. If that's what you want to do, then I guess there's something that you can do. That's fine. But I really feel like it's something that's practically illegal. I feel like there's some kind of gaming board or something should come in there and simply just say, your games need to be optional. You should just have a simple... You want to have a launcher that has all the games together? That's fine. But I should be able to uninstall the other games. I should be able to get these games out of my face. I don't want to buy these games. It's it's not a, it's not... It's not um something that's mandatory that we should have to deal with when you're purchasing this stuff. I'll never, I will never buy another game from them again. And as long as I live, I will talk out against that kind of stuff, whatever I can do, because it is, it's a horrible practice. I can't believe it. But that's my rant on Call of Duty and one of the worst experiences I've had so far, kicking off 2024. Music of the week. This week was a hard week to pick a song for Music of the Week. I looked for hours, way more more time than I should have. I couldn't think of anything I naturally had come across. Um, so I, I'm picking Metro Booming um, and ASAP Rocky. They did a song called Am I Dreaming, which I thought was a really good song, especially considering it was trying to follow up Sunflower, which is an impossible task, right? But the song itself is really, really good. So when you're watching Spider-Man, you know, across the Spider-Verse, it's, it's a great song. It goes great with the movie. Um, and I'm picking up Music of the Week because I felt like I had to pick something. But really, I guess the more interesting part of this topic is really how, like, there isn't a lot of good music coming out right now. And it's insane. There's so many artists. And I heard a song. I don't even know how to get into this. I heard a song by an artist who I will not name. It's a song I don't want to talk about. It's a disgraced artist. Someone that cannot be mentioned, cannot be talked about. And it was a shame hearing the song because the quality of the song and how it was done, how it was written was a very good song. But we can't talk about the song anymore. You guys have to hit me up if you're really interested on the side. Um, because when people are talented and people have the ability to make art, it doesn't justify or excuse anything they do in real life. And it's a shame that, you know, sometimes we follow celebrity, we follow, you know... Um, I guess, money and fame. And people can go through their lives for a long time dodging bullets because they're so talented. But at the end of the day, things that you do, you have to account for them. So I heard a song that the person did, and the song, again, sounded like a good quality song. I was actually impressed. And I felt like I hadn't heard a song that well in such a long time. But the entire time, you're listening to the song through that filter of, well, I know what that artist did. I know that's inexcusable. And we can't do anything to bring the artist's attention. But I think the lesson and takeaway from that is, not to talk about that artist anymore, is that, you know, if you're out there and you're creating something and you're talented and you're doing something, that does not give you the excuse or not give you a, a license to do bad shit to people or to do, you know, things that you, you, you know that you would never do if you were just treating everyone like they're human, like they're regular people. And that's what we all are at the end of the day. Once you snatch away that fame, once you snatch away that status, you become a regular person. You have to answer to the same situations that we all have to answer to. And really, I think it's so troubling to see so many people who, you know, are talented and become so successful that then decide what to do with that time and that money and that success is horrible things to other people. It really kind of makes you question the whole thing. Um, it's not everyone, obviously, but there's an alarming amount of people who get to the top and then apparently just 
can't find anything else to do with their time and their money besides do, you know, cringeworthy, horrible stuff that, you know, once it comes out, then, you know, all these things you know about these people, all these memories, all this music, all this art, whatever they created, it all becomes tainted. And it's a real shame. Hopefully we, we learn from this. Hopefully this is a lesson that if you're coming up into this industry, you're realizing that this is not the place to do that. There's lots of money and stuff and across all entertainment. We like to talk about entertainment on this podcast. But it, I just really hope that it, it sends out a message to people that, um, you know, it's something you can't do. I believe I did hear, you know, last year, I believe it was, no rappers died. No rappers got shot um, and killed. And I, I don't know if that's a, a, a hopefully a trend of things to come, but that's a good thing. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I'm hoping people learn from these lessons with so much access to information and so much videos and, and music and all these things. People should know better by now. So my pick for music of the week to give you guys something. If you haven't heard it, maybe you just kind of skip by it. Am I Dreaming by Metro Booming and ASAP Rocky. Again, that movie kind of came and went so quick. And then that song is in the shadow of Sunflower being like the lead song off of the Spider-Man movie. I feel like that, that song does not get enough attention anyway. So it's an older one, but that's my pick for music of the week. So The Rock came back to wrestling this week, kicking off 2024, made an appearance on one of the shows. I'm not going to spoil what happened. You guys can look up the clip, maybe even watch the episode. Rock comes back, you know, does his thing with one of the wrestlers there. Um, He gets put over, of course, because he's The Rock, right? I don't even know if you call it getting put over when you're The Rock, right? He comes in and does what you expect him to do. And the the big takeaway was people were kind of excited because it seemed like he might be teasing a future feud with Roman Reigns. Now, if I'm looking at this based on the reaction, Roman had a reaction on Twitter, I think The Rock just knows that's what everybody wants to see and was just trying to get everybody excited. I don't think there's going to be some year-long feud leading up to WrestleMania involving The Rock and Roman Reigns. I just find it to be highly doubtful. Of course, he doesn't have to be there all the time. He could just show up here or there if he wanted to do that. But I just feel like with everything else going on in the company, I don't see that being necessarily something they need to do. I can imagine with the new owners, they want The Rock to show up because it's the first time he's showing up for their product, and they want him to make money. So that's not saying that he can't fight, you know, Roman at the end of the year. It just, I just don't think it's likely that The Rock will end up doing all that. Maybe SummerSlam or something like closer because they're already starting off now. Um, but I don't. Roman's reaction online makes me think that he does. It's just him just laughing at the fact that the fans are kind of marking out about that idea. I don't know. I wanted to cover the podcast. Um, I wanted to cover wrestling in the podcast more last year. And I, I started watching it, and I kind of got into some of the shows. It was pretty decent most of the time. It wasn't a bad show at all. I like the direction it's going in, and I do find it to be pretty entertaining. It's just too much wrestling. There's just too much on TV, and I simply cannot find time in my life to watch that much wrestling. I need like some kind of condensed clip. It's the same way I feel about football. I've tried to get back into football. If I wanted to really get into the games, follow the sport... It takes over your whole life. It's hard to be a casual football fan. Um, you know, and even even sitting down on a Sunday to watch three or four hours of one game every week, don't have that time. I wish I did. Uh, I just I have too many different things that I'm into, and that's just me. I, I can't be the guy to cover it. I wouldn't cover it well. But I do like talking about some of these big events that happen every once in a while. Um, I haven't got to see Logan Paul in the ring. I know he's there. I believe he's a full-timer now. 
And I know he's had good matches in the past. I've seen some clips. All the clips I see are great. So he might just be like a highlight reel guy. But what I do see from him, the, the mic skills and the talking and the feuds he's starting up, that looks interesting. And it's amazing to me that somebody who's not a wrestler can come in and do that well. I mean, he has an athletic background. He's in great shape. And it does seem like whenever he goes after something, he puts all of his attention into it, or at least enough you know, focus into it to do well at it. And that seems to be like what the case is here. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting if you guys have a chance and someone else wants to, that'd be great to have someone come on the podcast and like break down what's going on in wrestling for me. That would be cool because I would love to you know, keep up with it. But also another problem I think with wrestling is that you never can know if it's going to actually pan out. So you spend all this time and the story might not even go in the direction you like. It's the same thing I don't like about MMA. MMA, you know, it's a sport. It's harder for them to control the outcomes or the stories or where you want these things to go. But what I really have a problem with MMA is not so much the outcome of the story. is watching fights that get built up for a long time. And then either the fight is disappointing because for some reason the fighters just don't bring it. Or someone gets injured and pulls out the, pulls out the last minute. Um, it's just way, way too much of that for me to really follow MMA anymore. And I used to follow it more. But this is something that, again, don't have time to fit this all in. But I want to point these things out to you guys. If you guys are interested, go check out wrestling. Go see some of the things going on. I got the latest game. Wanted to play more of that too. Also running out of time. I have the time to play it. A lot of things going on over here, right? <laughs> but these are some things I think are interesting. I want to point them out to you guys. If you haven't, check them out. Stretch, you made it. You made it to the after show, and I am exhausted. I don't know if it was the holiday weekend or New Year. It's really cold. We're getting close to February, but I am tired. And I hope I gave you guys some good energy this week on the podcast. Um, a lot of stuff going on. It's 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 something I feel like after the holidays, you're trying to you know finally really just relax, but you got to go back to work. You got to start getting back in the swing of things, and then the whole talk of like you know what are you going to do for the new year. What ambitions do you have? All those things are going on. Um, my personal life had a funny kind of weird situation happen last night. I was laying in bed about 1 o'clock in the morning. And I saw in this like local group um, for a neighborhood that I live in. that They had someone's like giving out like they're putting out the trash for they, they call it like bulk trash pickup day. Where you put out your giant furniture or whatever that you don't want anymore. And they send around people that can pick it up for you. And somebody put out an elliptical. And in this elliptical, they were saying in the post, like, hey, we put this out, but, like, all it needs is a battery for the motor, and this would be pretty good. So I have, like, a Honda Civic, and I don't have a big car or anything like that, but I wanted this elliptical. I've been in the market for a treadmill, and I thought, well, this is a steal. Looking at the model online, looked about $300. I was like, I could pick that up and bring it to my house, and then, you know, find the battery and see if it works. Even if it doesn't work, you know, the little $80 gamble for the $300 machine, um, that'd be well worth it. Especially, it looks good, looks like it took care of it, basically. Um, but yeah, I also looked up before I left my house. It is 110 pounds. I'm by myself. It's dark. I got a little Honda. I have no equipment to, to get this thing. But, um, a part of me just really felt like, you know what, if you really want this, then this is, this is a test here. You're going to let this go or you're not going to go. So it became like a, a whole mission for like my will, my personality. Like, are you going to sit here and just not go and try to get at least try, at least if you fail, then, you, you know, you, you try, but you, if you're not going to get out of bed, what are you going to do? And I was, I was pretty much asleep in bed. But I got up, and I drove down to this house, and sure enough, it was there. 
and I figured out how to get this hundred pound thing pretty much just pretty much just eventually just lifting it um and just shoving it into the back of my car. It's an elliptical with moving parts. It was very awkward on top of it being about hundred and ten pounds. But I got it kinda into my car and then drove through the night with the door open, um, trying to not hit anything, basically driving down the middle of the road. But there was no one out, so I that's what I thought would happen. I thought I could creep back to my house and no one would you know, crash into me or anything like that. Um, and everything went well. Then when I got it here, you know, it was one thing to pick it up and leverage it and kind of get it onto the car seat and into the car halfway. But once I got to my house, it was on the flat floor. Now it was just me and some distance trying to get it in my house. And I was lucky I have a garage door that I don't really usually use. But I was able to get the garage door open because I don't usually use it. It's pretty much a wall. And um and then move the, the elliptical into my house without making too much noise because my neighborhood echoes. Everything you do echoes, especially at night when it's like dead silence. I didn't want anyone calling the cops or waking, you know, waking everybody up and my neighbor's mad at me or whatever. Um, but yeah, was able to get that done. So that was a big, giant, um, you know, achievement, I guess you would say. I, you, you know, one of the things I look at myself and say, well, man, there's really no reason I should be able to get that back here by myself um, or that I got up to go get it. And those are moments I like about myself. Those are things I think we all need to, you know, look and pause and say, this is what I do good. Everyone will tell you what you do bad and what you make mess up on. But I'm like, that's the kind of energy. That's the kind of stuff. Hopefully, that'll be something that'll resource my family and they'll have that available to them. My son saw it today. He looked, he was kind of interested in it. And maybe we don't need to get the treadmill. Maybe the treadmill later or whatever like that. But um, those are some some cool moments. That's something that happened to me that was good this week. Besides that, just getting back in the swing of things, hoping everything goes good with my family starting off the year. Um, yeah, and I'm excited. I'm excited for those things, excited for the new year. I always like the new year. I know people get jaded, right, because they get older and they're like, oh, who cares? It's the same thing or whatever. No, 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 no. That's what you want it to be. Just like any other day in your life, it can be whatever you want it to be. And I think the new year is a great time. But why not? So why not use it as a new way to start off your calendar and get things going. All my businesses and websites and everything like that renew in about two months. And it's kind of the beginning of my year. Um, so I'm looking forward to those things and seeing what we're going to do again this year. And thank you guys so much for rocking with me all this time, man. I'm Sammy Rye. I'm not going to take up any more of your time. Hope you guys enjoying your new year. Peace.